to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. Right off the bat, I just want to say that I'm still dealing with a little bit of a cough uh, from COVID, so I apologize if my voice sounds a little weird. I will do my best not to cough into the microphone, or I'll edit it out if I do. Thankfully, I'm basically totally better. I just have this kind of lingering cough that's probably exacerbated by the fact that it's really dry here in Chicago, as it usually is this time of year. So bear with me and thank you for your patience there. Last week's episode was all about my big upcoming trip to New Zealand, and I leave in two weeks, two weeks from today now. If you want to learn more about the trip and how I've been training for it, I suggest you go back and listen to that episode. Today's episode is going to be um, related to that episode in some ways. You can think of last week's episode as a recap of the fitness training work that I've been doing at least for the last six months. And in today's episode, I'm going to recap what I've been doing in terms of my food and body goals in 2022. There is a little bit of overlap in a part of this conversation, which I'll mention later. But for the most part, this has been a separate project from my preparation for New Zealand. So I want to share what I've accomplished this year, how I did it, and the most important lessons that I've learned. When I think about the whole arc of my fitness journey, which at this point began in 2011, so it's been a good amount of time, there have been a lot of ups and downs with food and body. And there have been a lot of big setbacks. I've had a lot of success and then I've had setbacks and I've had challenges. For me, even though I was out of shape and hated sports as a kid, getting into exercise has been significantly easier than truly overcoming the deeply rooted food and body challenges that I had. Challenges that came from being overweight for a long time, but also challenges that came from emotional and psychological issues that required a lot of work to unravel. Issues that required me to go to therapy for many years, which I've mentioned before, and I'll probably do a deeper episode on it in the future as well. It was not just a matter of learning how to cook or learning how to eat healthy for me. Although those were important steps that I had to learn along the way, I also had to work on a lot of really deep shit. So because of that, and just because as life goes on, I face additional challenges. Obviously, we've all been challenged over the last few years as we've moved through the pandemic. There have just been issues that have come up that have kind of sidetracked me or forced me to backtrack with food and body. So in 2020 and 2021, those were the years that I really felt like I finally was working through and beating the big issues at the heart of the eating disorder that I struggled with for many years. Anyone who's been in eating disorder recovery knows that a big part of that process is removing rigid food rules. So this is 
important if you're struggling with anorexia, but it's also important if you're struggling with bulimia or binge eating disorder, because in a lot of cases, one of the things that ends up fueling a binge is heightened restriction leading up to the binge. So you might have a bunch of food rules or might be trying to follow a really strict diet or eating very little. When that inevitably falls apart or something happens, you have some sort of emotional stressor or trigger, then you end up binging. So one part of the process for many people is evening out those highs and lows. So not being quite as restrictive with food, making sure that you're eating enough calories to support your energy needs throughout the day, and trying to take certain foods off a pedestal, meaning like a food where you say, oh, I could never eat that. Or when I do eat that, then I'm off plan and I'm binging. So as I was working through that process, of course, dealing with all of the world life and professional stress of the pandemic and then deciding to leave my comfy job at a gym to work entirely for myself, I was just under a lot of stress, under a lot of stress, dealing with a lot of challenges. And at the same time, trying not to get stuck in this restrict and binge cycle by allowing myself to eat more food and to eat more treats and stop making it such a big deal if I wasn't eating quote unquote perfectly. The result of all this was that by the end of 2021, I had gained a decent amount of weight back. Now, I want to caveat this by saying that if you look at the aggregate of my fat loss, weight loss journey, fitness journey, whatever you want to call it, Uh, Overall, I have never gotten back to the highest weight that I was when I began. In fact, I've never even gotten that close to that number. But because I lost such a significant amount of weight initially, I've had a lot of ups and downs within like a closer range to my goal weight. So, you know, maybe I would gain 10 or 20 pounds instead of 60 or 70 or something like that. So I wasn't my heaviest ever. But after gaining this weight and going through all these life stressors and dealing with the new work situation and everything, I just wasn't feeling good in my skin. My clothes weren't fitting, um, which is uncomfortable. I was struggling with joint pain issues that tend to come up for me, at least for me personally, when I'm in a larger body. And I know this from experience. So knee pain, for example, which is something that I don't really experience when I'm at a lower body weight, was making a reappearance. Um, I'm someone that likes to be really active. My job when I work with in-person clients demands that I'm active, but I also just love to be outside. I love to move my body. I love to do fun stuff. And when my energy is suffering, when my joints hurt, when I feel uncomfortable in my skin, it inhibits me from living the life that I want to live. So it was these factors combined with knowing that I was making really good progress on the core issues kind of at the root of gaining and regaining weight and dealing with my eating disorder that motivated me in 2022 to make some really lasting changes and lose a little bit of weight. So I came into this year and I wanted to start the year right off the bat with a diet phase. So one of the biggest differences between what I did this year and what I've done in the past In the past, I maybe had a goal weight or some idea of where I wanted to end up with my body. And I would just push and push and push until I got there, sometimes for many, many months at a time. And this might have worked. It definitely worked in the early stage of my fat loss journey because I was young and I'd never really dieted before. But after doing that for a while, it really starts to take a toll on you both physically and mentally. Dieting is stressful. You're preoccupied with food. You might be stressed about food and what you can and can't eat. 
Something that I've personally struggled with a lot is how to manage my hunger levels, which I'll talk more actually about uh, in this episode a little bit later. And it's just physically tiring too, because you're literally not eating as much food as your body wants you to be eating. So you might not sleep as well. Your energy is going to suffer. Your workouts are definitely going to suffer. So it's just not a pleasant experience. And yet I was so stressed about getting to my goal in the past that I would just push and not give my body any time to like chill the fuck out. So this year I knew I was going to take a different approach. I knew that I was going to do a two-month diet followed by a two-month maintenance phase, followed by another two-month diet, and then I was going to evaluate from there. And that's exactly what I did. So what I wanted to do was go back to counting calories. So for me, that is a system that works really well because it helps me be objective. Actually, in this case too, like, yes, it shows me where I'm eating more maybe than I should be eating, but sometimes my meals were too small and counting allowed me to say, okay, I actually should eat some more carbs or more fats with this meal. And then doing that actually made me feel more full and gave me more energy and made the diet less miserable. So it kind of worked in both ways. I also needed to really cut back on excess calories. So the things for me, at least in the last 11, 12 years that have really contributed to weight gain would be, of course, when I was binging a lot within the context of my eating disorder. And then when I would eat out at restaurants on the weekend, I used to have this mental switch where I was either eating perfectly or I was just doing whatever I wanted. And when I was on weekend mode or vacation mode doing whatever I wanted, I would always eat like way past the point of fullness. So if you've got a restaurant takeout meal, I'm eating about 60, 70% of the meal. I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm full. I would just keep eating because once I was back in healthy eating mode, I wouldn't be able to eat those leftovers. So I was eating more food than I needed. I was snacking more. I was like getting dessert or drinks that I didn't even necessarily want just because I had opened the door and given myself that permission. So one thing that I really needed to do in these diet phases was rein in my eating out and my weekend eating. Throughout my years of teaching myself how to cook and learning about good nutrition and learning about my body, I've actually developed a pretty consistent routine of healthy meals that work really well for me. I use what I call a meal template. So basically the main building blocks of the meal are the same, but the ingredients might differ. So one example that I eat a lot is a salad, a big ass salad. So a salad is always going to have lettuce. It's always going to have some type of oil and an acid like a lime juice or vinegar for a dressing. It's always going to have a protein, but that protein might differ. Sometimes it might be salmon or tuna, sometimes chicken, sometimes leftover steak or something from a dinner. And then it's going to have lots of fresh vegetables, which also might vary. So making the salad is always the same process, but the ingredients might differ. And that provides me with just enough variety to keep things interesting. So that's just one example. But I have a number of these templates that I've really refined and developed over the years. And because of all of that hard work of learning how to put together a well-balanced meal that included protein and fiber and healthy carbs and fats, I could just eat those meals most of the time. So the big change for me was that on the weekend, instead of being like, I'm not eating my regular meals, I'm eating out all the time, I was just continuing to mostly eat my regular meals. And that small change, combined with just being a little bit more disciplined and counting calories, was enough to get me to lose my goal of about 10 pounds in that first two-month diet phase. 
So transitioning out of that phase was interesting because like I said before, I had never really taken this approach myself. I've used it with clients uh, with great success, but for whatever reason, I hadn't followed my own advice. So it was so refreshing to move into maintenance and basically eat the same meals, but maybe be able to go out a little bit more on the weekends, maybe eat more carbs, like more rice or more potatoes or more fruit with a meal and just feel my body like take a you know, metaphorical sigh of relief. Like, okay, there's more food now. You're not going to be as preoccupied with food. You're going to be able to train better. You're going to sleep better. And I was really pleasantly surprised at how great I felt during that maintenance phase. One thing that also helped for me was that I coordinated this maintenance phase with a period of time where I was taking a lot of trips. Like I went to Los Angeles for a friend's wedding. I went to Washington, D.C. to visit some family and friends. And on those trips, I was able to eat out and enjoy myself. And I didn't gain any weight. This honestly felt so good. So then the two-month maintenance phase ended. And then I went on another two-month diet, which took the same exact approach as the first diet, except now my calories were maybe a little bit less because my body weight was a little bit lower. So my basic metabolic rate was a little bit lower as well. Again, the process went really well. I was able to lose another 10 or so pounds. And then I moved into the summer. So on last week's episode, I mentioned that one of the things that I've been doing to prepare for my New Zealand trip was that I actively decided not to diet for the last six months of the year. And the reason that I did this was Uh, Actually, there are a few reasons why. One was that I knew I was going to be doing a lot of intense physical training to prepare for the trip. As I've already mentioned, dieting is stressful. It affects your recovery so you don't sleep as well. You're not adapting to your workouts as quickly. The workouts might take a greater toll on you. Uh, I was already dealing with an injury and I knew that I couldn't afford to take that risk. And then you just don't have as much energy to devote to training or other stuff as well. So I said, you know what, I'm really proud of the progress that I've made so far with my diet this year. I want to have good workouts so that I can train hard and be prepared for New Zealand. And also, like, I wanted to explore this idea of just being chill with your body, not needing to lose weight or change anything, and just enjoying living in maintenance and enjoying all the benefits that that offers. So I decided at the beginning of July that I was not going to attempt to lose weight consciously, that I was going to live in maintenance mode and I was going to focus on my training. So what are the results from this year of effort? So since the start of the year, I'm down about 26 pounds. So about 10 came in the first two or so months of the year, my first diet phase. And then about another 10 came in that second diet phase in uh, May and June. And then in these last six months, there's been some up and down, but as I've increased my training volume and my step count and just been really active in my trip preparation, I've lost about an additional five or six pounds without trying to do so. And that has been so amazing because it has shown me that you can achieve your food and body goals. You can feel really good. You can have energy. You don't need to be preoccupied and anxious with food. Um, And you can still have success. In the past, when I wasn't on a diet, a lot of times I was doing the opposite of that. So eating as much as possible or even binging during the really dark times, Um, feeling bad in my body, feeling guilty. And this experience is really the opposite of that. And that's been the most amazing thing. It's not 
necessarily the weight loss, even though my joints feel better, my clothes fit better, and I just feel better in my skin. It's been this really deep transformation in the way that I think about food and body. I'm not dieting, but I'm not stressing about food. I am checked in with how I feel. Things aren't off limits, but I'm also not eating in a way that makes me feel like garbage. So I want to transition into some of the lessons that I've learned from this experience and what I'll be taking forward. Maybe some of these will be helpful to you as well, especially if like me, you've had a lot of ups and downs with your weight and maybe you've had some long lasting struggles with food. So the first lesson is that maintenance is so powerful and so important. Now, if you're listening to this, chances are good that you're not competing in a physique sport like bodybuilding where you're constantly trying to get bigger and leaner all the time. If that's you, this point won't necessarily apply. But for the rest of us who mainly just want to look good, yes, but also feel good, not be so fucking stressed about food and training and have energy and uh, vitality for the rest of our lives, maintenance is the ultimate goal. I'm going to say that again. Maintenance is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not to be on a diet all the time, dieting so much or thinking that you're doing the things you need to do to diet, stressing yourself out, and then actually rebounding and gaining weight because you pushed yourself too far. The idea is if you need to lose some weight for health or you want to, that's totally fine. But ultimately, we want to get to a place where we're basically good in our bodies um, and we can focus on other things. So we cannot be so preoccupied with what foods we can and can't eat and when our next meal is and whether or not the food that we need is going to be available at some function or something like that. We want to just trust that we'll be able to get whatever food, we'll be able to handle whatever food situation, and that our body and metabolism is resilient enough that if we have a day or a week where we eat quote unquote off plan, we're not going to gain 20 pounds and fall completely off the rails. When you're in maintenance mode, you get to enjoy the mental and the physical breaks of constantly dieting. So on the mental side, I already mentioned, you know, you're not thinking about food all the time. You're not as hungry, you don't have as many cravings, you're not like fantasizing about what you're going to eat when the diet's over. You're just living your life and when you're hungry, you're eating and when you have cravings, you're engaging with them mindfully. You also have less physical stress, so you're going to sleep better, Uh, you're going to have a lot more energy because you're literally eating more food, so you'll be able to do stuff with greater ease, you're not going to be as fatigued going about your daily life or taking adventures or whatever else. You're going to sleep better. There are so many benefits to eating enough food. If you just are constantly on a diet, you're basically running yourself into the ground. So you might be able to continue losing weight by just slashing your calories and increasing your activity, but there are going to be big other consequences from that that are absolutely going to affect your quality of life. So My suggestion is instead of just dieting and dieting and dieting all the time and rebounding and then having to diet again, you do shorter diet periods where you're really focused like I did. Ideally, you're going to coordinate these with times of the year where you don't have as much going on. So the time of year when I was traveling a lot, I wasn't dieting because I knew that it was unrealistic to try to stick to a strict meal plan or calorie count or whatever else. Ideally, you're going to follow whatever diet phase you do with an equally long maintenance phase. So for me, I did two months of dieting, two months of maintenance, two months of dieting, and then six months and counting of maintenance. 
these maintenance phases allow your body to kind of recalibrate, come back to baseline, readjust your hunger and your energy and cravings and all of that stuff. And then you'll be in a much better mental and physical place if you want to eventually diet again, or if you want to go into some sort of a muscle building phase. Another big benefit of maintenance is that it just works better with real life. So I mentioned that when I was consciously trying to lose weight and lose body fat, I had to be disciplined about not eating out at restaurants all the time, not drinking very much, even though I'm not a huge drinker. Uh, The drinks that I do like are these like 300 calorie craft beers. So those really add up and not snacking and eating treats. So I did have some of these things occasionally because I learned from my eating disorder recovery that I can't really have completely off limits foods. However, being realistic, if I was serious about losing weight, I could not eat a lot of these things. When you go to maintenance mode, there's just a lot less stress around that. So you have more calories to spare and it gives you the option to really engage with any cravings or impulses you have. So let me give you an example. Like let's say you have a craving for chocolate. If you're dieting, the first thought is, oh, I can't have that. And then, of course, you think about it a lot and it kind of preoccupies a lot of space in your mind. When you're in maintenance mode, you know you might have the calories for that. You can actually sit there and say, like, do I really want this chocolate? Do I need it right this second? Can I wait? And if I do have it, you know, I or if I do decide that I really want it, excuse me, I know that I can have it and enjoy it and move on with my life. And it's not a big deal. So it just gives you more flexibility to enjoy special occasions. And if you have a really strong craving that you've decided you want to indulge, to go ahead and indulge that and not be so stressed about it. When you're in maintenance mode, you are focusing on building what is called a weight neutral skill. So weight loss skills might be things like learning to count calories, learning to get more comfortable um, with being more hungry, stuff like that. Weight neutral skills you know, are these things like mindfulness, again, engaging with your hunger and your cravings in different ways, learning what types of foods and meals help you feel more full and energized and support training and whatever else you're doing. We need to build these skills if we want to maintain the results from whatever diet we've done. You've probably heard the statistic that a lot of diets fail. And one of the reasons why is that people don't build any weight neutral skills when they're dieting. They follow some sort of a meal plan or they count calories or whatever, and then once they hit their goal, they just return to whatever eating habits they were using that helped them gain all the weight in the first place. So spending time in a maintenance phase, even if you ultimately wanna lose more weight, is giving you enough time to practice building the skills that you need to maintain those results. That's what maintenance means. And you can't just expect to learn this stuff or just know it automatically if you never live in that maintenance phase. If you're always either hardcore dieting or rebounding, overeating, binging, etc., and gaining weight back. So maintenance, I hope I've convinced you, is such a crucial part of not only trying to lose weight and keep it off, but also just living the best possible life that you can. Nutrition and food is there to support you, like it provides energy for all the things that you love, but it's also a part of culture and social life. And if you're constantly just trying to eat less and live in a smaller body, you're not going to enjoy all of the like full rich experiences that food and eating have to offer. So spend some time in maintenance and understand that maintenance is really the ultimate goal for the vast majority of people. The second lesson that's been really important for me is that My focus has shifted a lot from how my body looks or what the number on the scale says to what I can do. 
And this has been a product both of enjoying and practicing living and maintenance and also devoting myself to a challenging physical goal, which is preparing for my New Zealand trip. Because I recognized that I needed a lot of food to fuel all the training that I was going to do, I was able to shift my focus from, okay, eating all this food might make me gain weight to eating all this food is going to help me have a kick-ass workout and get stronger and recover better. And in these last six months, especially where I've just been in maintenance mode, I started noticing that I just care a lot less about the way my body looks or parts about my body that used to stress me out. And instead, I'm appreciating my progress at the gym and with my training rocks and all of the other cool changes that I'm noticing in my physical body. And paradoxically, as I've spent less energy stressing about my body or my size or my weight, I've actually lost some weight and I've become leaner. These have just been byproducts of being less stressed, moving my body more and eating lots of healthy food that's nourishing me as I train and as I go throughout my life. And I have made a lot of progress on this over the years early on in my fitness journey, um, especially the uh, right after I lost all the weight and I was really struggling. I had a lot of issues with body image and I was obsessed with my size and how I looked and I had a lot of body dysmorphia where I would look in the mirror and I would see like a something that wasn't there. And I know that because then later I would look back at pictures and I would be like, oh, I did not look how I thought I looked at all. I look completely different. And I've made some progress on that, but this experience of just like not worrying about dieting, shifting my focus to some sort of cool physical goal or task and seeing what my body's capable of has been such a rewarding experience. And again, like I said, it it's actually led to positive changes in my body, which is a really important lesson, I think. There's a phrase that a watch pot doesn't boil. And sometimes if we're just stressing about every last inch or definition or you know, the number on the scale, we're actually setting ourselves up to rebound and, and stress and make choices that aren't going to help us. Whereas if we just accept ourselves and accept that maybe we're not going to lose any more weight, but we're doing other stuff, uh, we might actually see better changes to our body. So something to keep in mind. The final lesson that I want to share with you that I've taken away from this year is that I now feel this really deep sense of optimism and confidence that peace with food and with my body is is here for me now and it is my future. I will do more episodes in the future where I talk a lot more in depth about like the serious struggles and, and scary place that I was in with my eating disorder. But for now, just suffice to say that there was a period of time where I did not think that I would get better, that I didn't know how I would possibly get better, that I was scared. Uh, I felt out of like completely out of control. Uh, and I did not have a lot of hope for, you know, my future in general. And so feeling the way that I feel now, where first of all, like I feel really good and comfortable in my body. Second of all, I feel like when I feel hunger or I feel cravings, they don't stress me out as much and I can engage with them in a like a more chill way. They don't they're not an emergency that sends me running to the convenience store or the fridge or whatever. And third, also just accepting that like while I might still like to lose a little bit more weight just to get um, a little bit leaner, if I never lost another pound and I just maintain where I am right now, I would be perfectly happy with that. Like those three things make me feel so relaxed and calm when I think about my body and how my body looks and my weight loss journey overall. So I really feel like this sense of peace and the sense of optimism and 
is a result of building these weight neutral skills through long maintenance phases. I know now that I don't have to count calories or track at all. And I can maintain my weight because I have spent time learning how to put together healthy filling meals and spent time building mindfulness skills that allow me to engage with hunger and cravings in a way that's like less uh, erotic, uh, neurotic, excuse me. I was going to say erratic and I said erotic. I meant to say neurotic or erratic. <laughs> and this really, like I said, even just a few years ago felt completely out of reach for me. So I want to end this on an optimistic note because you might feel like you're also doomed to either never get the body that you want or never lose any weight or never break free of the binge and restrict cycle or constantly be stressed and anxious about food in your body. And there is a way forward and you absolutely can find that peace if you take the time to build the skills that you need, get to the root of some of the emotional or psychological issues, which may require therapy, um, and you just give yourself enough time for all of this to really sink in. You can absolutely make these same kinds of transformations. So the thing I want to leave you with now is just a little preview of something that's coming up in the new year. So Real quick, I am only doing one more podcast episode for the year, as I mentioned, because after that, I will be in New Zealand. The last episode is going to be about planning for the new year and setting goals and resolutions. And I want to put this on your radar now. If you have a goal of either losing weight or learning to build some of these deeper lifelong skills around healthy eating and making good food decisions, I have a program that is perfect for you. I created my Sane and Simple Nutrition program basically based on my own experiences and all the mistakes that I made, as well as what I've found to be like the really essential pieces of nutrition information that you need. There's so much bullshit out there, scare tactics, gurus, like a bunch of shit that doesn't matter and people are focused on all the wrong things. Thankfully, the right things are pretty simple. And when you focus on those handful of things and you also work to build these mindfulness skills and meal planning and prepping skills and things like that, you can totally transform your body and your relationship with food. So I've run this program a few times. I consider it to be my signature nutrition offering. It's essentially a small, intimate group. So it's not a ton of people. And it runs for six weeks. And throughout that six weeks, I teach you the curriculum. There's a six pillar system that's super easy to remember. That's going to cover everything you need to know about losing weight and building lasting healthy habits. And then there are um, some group calls, some interaction with the group members. Should you want to do that? If you don't, that's totally fine. I will also be doing live calls and working with people as well. So because of my trip, the next round is not going to begin until Monday, February 6th. But if you are interested or think you might be interested, I encourage you to join the waitlist now. The waitlist people will get early access and they're going to save money on the course. So there's really no harm in joining if you think you might be interested in sane and simple nutrition. I'm going to drop the link to the website, which right now is just on the waitlist page. You can join that and then you'll be receiving more information from me in the new year. Of course, I'll be talking about this program a lot as well. I love running it. Uh, it's helped quite a lot of people and I'm really passionate about sharing this information so that you can break free of the crazy yo-yo dieting or uh, bad habits that a lot of people are stuck in. So again, Sane and Simple Nutrition coming Monday, February 6th. It's a six-week program. You can join the waitlist now to join early and to save a little bit of money. 
Thank you as always for listening. If you want to reach out to me, if you have requests for an episode or a guest, because guest episodes are coming in 2023, or if you just want to connect or share anything, I love to hear from you and my DMs are always open. You can find me on Instagram at Caroline Joster. Uh, It's just my name, easy to find, and I always respond. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next episode, which will be the last episode of 2022. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Thank you.